Welcome to the Word of a King podcast. It's where culture clashes with our calling, where preaching is more important than popularity, where we rightly divide and properly apply the scriptures, where we put to rest common and controversial issues. We do this by looking to the Word of a King. The key to understand the Word of God is for the author to show you what the thing says. If you understand that book, you get for the author. Then he opened their understanding. All right. Amen. Welcome back to another podcast of the Word of the King. I am your host, Chad Reese, pastor at Lighthouse Baptist Church, and with me, my co-host, Brother Brian Beam. And we are looking forward to getting into another podcast another study on the Word of God, and we just pray every week you get a blessing from these. They encourage you to study the Word of God. Uh, We ask you to like and share them if you're watching on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, uh, if you don't mind subscribing, and uh, just help us get the Word out. We're doing these podcasts not only because we enjoy them, and we do enjoy them, but to encourage Christians in this day and age we live in to fall in love with the Word of God, that we can fall in love with the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. and uh, have a walk with Him, live a life that's pleasing. I think, Brother Brian, just uh, just living life as a Christian and just going through the motions, good night, help me. I, that doesn't sound like a, a fun life. That's why I quit church when I did. I believe it. Because man. I was doing that, and that's how most Christians live, and I just couldn't do it. Like, I'm done. If I can't do it, at least try to do it right. with all my heart. Right. I'll just go back. To, just, Why not? <laughs> which right? is not good. Why not? Just be lukewarm. Your... I guess it's better than dropping out of church and being bad and all that. But yeah, but yeah, if yeah. I can't do it all, I don't want. To yeah, absolutely, brother. And I think that's so. important. So, but anyways, that's the purpose of these podcasts. We we want to look at common and controversial issues and put them to rest. We want to uh, stir your heart, make you consider the things of God. Um, also, too, maybe uh, write write us, leave a comment. Let us know what podcast you would want us to do, what subject you want us to do. We'd love to tackle that. And we got some plans coming in the future, especially probably next season. We're not sure about this season. Uh, but definitely plans in the future. We want to have maybe some live broadcast with some, what I mean by that is some live people call in. We're thinking about doing uh, some... Hmm some discussions, uh, call them debates, discussions, whatever you want with some people. We want to take some articles um, where, where folks write against our position and try to answer those things according to the Word of God and uh, some other things. So, But, hey, Brother Brian, why don't you start us off with a joke today before we get into today's podcast? Okay, do you know what they call a slow person in Jamaica? Uh-oh, this is going to be this going to be good. Um no, brother. What do they call a slow person in Jamaica? A Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> Get it? I got it. I got it. Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So, uh, you know, I there's some people had some comments. I mentioned how lame our jokes were, and several people said they liked them. So, um, you yeah, know. I like them. They're clean. You know, humor yeah. is one of those things that if you're if you're really wicked and innocent and worldly and lost, like you don't find the simple humor funny. But right. Right. Kids like that because kids are more clean and more pure than sure. wicked adults like us and you. But the more corrupt and worldly you are, the less you find simple humor funny. So yeah. it's nice to find simple things funny. And I agree with that. And I really appreciate uh, humor. I, li- I like laughing. <laughs> I like jokes. And, um, you know, that's why I appreciate your your, your jokes, brother. <laughs> and uh, 
I, I call them lame, and you know what I'm saying by that. But they're yeah, good. They're, yeah, they're you lame. Know, no, it's okay, though. I, I like it, and it's good to laugh at some just clean humor. And that's why I really do appreciate some uh, Christian comedians, too. I know it's a rare thing, but you can find every here and there a uh, good Christian comedian, and it's good to laugh. I like laughing. I like joint life. You know, I, I think this idea, um, the Christian life, has got to be boring and, you know, just dreadful. I don't, I don't think that's so. The Lord Jesus Christ gave us life, and he said life more abundantly. I think the happiest person, the person that enjoys life the most, should be the saved, redeemed, blood-bought, heaven-bound Son of God. What do you think? I agree. What, yeah. what else do you need? No, that's it. I mean, we have the exceeding <laughs> precious promises of the Word of God. So, folks, we, we hope that you're enjoying life, too. And, and we understand that doesn't mean life's going to be easy. We don't believe in the prosperity gospel, and just because you're saved and serving God, man, look at the Apostle Paul and his tribulations and all he went through. Yeah. So... But, uh, yeah, some of the great verses on joy and peace are in Philippians where he's a bondman for Jesus Christ. He's in jail waiting to get his head cut off, and he's yeah. got peace, and yeah. he's got joy, and having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. And Amen. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Yeah. And the context of those all things are being suffering yeah. and being hungry Amen. and whipped and beat up. So, and I think that's Amen. important. I know it's a little cliche-ish, but I do like it. I really believe that joy comes from Jesus first others second and yourself last i really believe that you know a lot of times people don't have joy because they're so stuck on self and uh I, i'm i definitely don't want to seem uh like i don't care or sympathetic or not empathetic but a lot of people that deal with depression and really discouraged a lot of them are focused on self and their problems and their issues and some people have some real problems and some real issues. So I don't want to minimize them. But I really do believe part of the answer to that is get busy glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ and get busy serving others. You have a tendency to forget about self. Yeah. And, uh, so, Well, brother, we want to get into this uh, podcast. I think it's an important subject, one that's going to kind of dovetail into another subject. But uh, we want to uh, talk about the idea of the brotherhood of man and the fatherhood of God or basically the idea that we're all brothers and sisters talking about all mankind and everyone is a son of God. Now, obviously, obviously, as a Bible believer, we totally reject that. We do not believe that's what the Bible teaches whatsoever. But uh, Brother Brian, maybe just on the big, large picture of that, why don't you uh, talk about that for a few moments of why that is wrong and why that's uh, just not a biblical um, teaching maybe give us some verses, and then we'll kind of dovetail this into another subject I want to spend some time on today. But I want you to just talk a few minutes about that idea about the brotherhood of man and the fatherhood of God. Yeah, one of our trivia questions from one of the first uh, one or two podcasts was, God has five sons, and there are billions of people on earth and has been billions of people, and none of them are God's sons according to the Bible. Amen. This is Luke 3.38. It's the genealogy of Joseph or Mary, one of those, going all the way back to Adam. It says, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Yeah. All men are the children of God, if all men means Adam. Right. <laughs> when Adam and Eve were created, he was a son of God, and he called their name Adam, and then something happened 6,000 years ago. Yeah. Man sinned and fell, and then because of the curse, nobody is a son of God anymore. Amen. And that's why Jesus said, ye must be born again. Yeah, amen. Praise the Lord for that. And uh, 
I think it's, and I'll know you'll expand a little bit more in a moment. Um, maybe we'll just give a couple verses. You already said it, you must be born again, but maybe give them a couple other verses that talk specifically found in the New Testament on how to become a son of God. And obviously, folks, if you have to become the son of God, that means you are not the son of God. And, but this is such an important issue because the idea that we're all brothers and sisters uh, you know, in Christ or in God, and that God is the father of all of mankind, uh, that is a doctrine of universalism, and everyone's saved at the end, and that is not according to the Bible. That's not according to the Word of God. So the Bible does tell us, especially speaking, in the church age during this time, how one becomes a son of God. And I know you mentioned you must be born again, but I want you to expound on that a little bit, Brother Brian. How does one become a son of God today? Yeah, I saw George Carlin, who was a wicked vile comedian back in the 80s 90s been dead for a while now in hell most likely but i heard him say hey god loves you god loves you god loves you but you better believe in jesus or you're gonna burn in hell and then everybody laughs and mocks and that's actually a valid point if god loves everybody and everybody's god's child well i don't know i have a son you have a son i wouldn't take my son and burn him in a lake of fire for eternity that's right so god god's not going to take his creation, all his children, and burn them in hell. So therefore, we're wacky nut jobs for standing on the street corner telling people they got to be saved from hell. Jesus died to save you from hell. One problem, George Carlin and the world, Yeah, we're not all God's children. That's it. Something happened. Man sinned. Man fell. Ephesians 2, 1 says, You hath he quickened those who are saved, and I'll get in that in a minute, who were dead in trespasses mm-hmm. and sins. They're not God's children. In John 8, I believe Jesus Christ, I know Jesus Christ said, talking to the Pharisees who were lost, and he called them children of hell elsewhere, ye are of your father, the devil. So because of sin, because of Adam, we are all born sinners. We're all inherit Adam's sin. We must be born again. Jesus Christ told Nicodemus, a very righteous, religious, holy man of God, he said, except a man be born of water, first birth, and the spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He must be born again. Because man is no good. Man fell. Um, what's the other verse? Oh, Galatians 3 is a good yeah, one. Amen. Galatians 3.26. For ye are all the children of God. See? <laughs> We're wrong. Everybody's a child of God. That's it. Close the Bible. Oh, Just wait. Go. I didn't finish it. <laughs> By faith in Christ Jesus. John 1.12 is a good one. Yeah. Well, 1.11. He came unto his own, the Jews. His own received amen. him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to scripture song. <laughs> to them Amen. gave he power, to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even of them that believe on his name. When you receive Jesus Christ, you receive Amen. by grace through faith the free gift of eternal life, trusting in what he did on the cross, death, burial, resurrection, alone for your sins. You become a son of God. And, unt- and then you will not go to hell. He That's won't right. take his kid and throw him in hell. You can't lose salvation. It's a free gift. You'll live forever. All these wonderful, glorious promises we get in Jesus Christ for free. Amen. But until you receive Jesus Christ, you're not a son of God. And one more on that, Romans 8.39, which goes along with that. Yeah. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. So... There's your love of God, and God's not going to take his kids and burn them. Well, no, everybody's not God's child. We already looked at that. Which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The love of God is found in Christ Jesus. If you're in Jesus Christ, which I am, when I uh, believed on Jesus Christ, I got born again. I got saved. All my sins are washed away. I became part of him. He's inside of me through the Holy Spirit. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. 
I'm bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. I've been baptized into one body. I'm in Jesus Christ. I'm in the love. Of, I have the love of God. I'm now Amen. his child. I'm his son. It's all good. Good to be saved. Amen. <laughs> That's wonderful. And, you know, everything you said is 100% absolutely true according to the Bible. And so just to recap, um, kind of digest what Brother Brian just gave you in all those verses in his uh, preaching and teaching there, which is wonderful, is the fact that the Bible is clear that not everyone is a son of God. You must be born again. You must receive Jesus Christ, John 1, 12. You must put your faith in him, Galatians chapter 3, and that's how you become a son of God. And therefore, since not everyone's a son of God, that means that he is not their father. As Brother Brian shared with you, that he told the Pharisees, ye are your father, the devil. So this whole idea about the brotherhood of man and all of mankind's are brothers and sisters in God hmm. is false. This whole idea that God is everyone's father is false. But this is not for this podcast, but we are going to do one here in the very near future that leads us, and I think they're going to be two separate podcasts, Brother Brian. First of all, the exceeding and precious promise promises that the Christian have mm. in Christ. I mean, that is just a wonderful study in itself. And we'll mm. do a whole podcast on that of what we have in Christ. And brethren, that's where your riches lie. That's where your blessings are is because you're in Christ. And we'll Amen. do a whole podcast on that. But the other subject you brought up, and it seems to be a hot button subject for many Christians is the love of God. And we'll do a whole podcast on that also. But we saw that the love of Christ, the love of God is in Christ. Mm. And if you're not in Christ, then I hate to tell you this. I don't. I say that, I guess, just as just part of speech, just talking. But God does not actively love everyone, meaning not everyone's in this love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we know that God is love. That's just a characteristic of God. That's an attribute of God. And thank God for that characteristic, Brother Brian, but he's also holy, he's also righteous, and he also will judge. But this idea that mm. God just loves everyone is not biblical. And I think, I, I've never, yeah. I never heard that, obviously, but George Carlton, is that what was his name you said, the comedian? Carlin. Was? Carlin. Yeah. Um, that idea where he's mocking Christians of saying, you know, God loves you, God loves you, and he's going to cast you into hell. That's the logical conclusion yeah. if you preach and Makes teach sense. that God loves everyone. I mean, again, God loves me because I'm in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I don't have to worry about being cast in hell because God loves me. But the reason that God's going to cast sinners in hell is because he does not actively, presently love them because they're outside of Jesus Christ. And, and again, I don't want to go down that road today. We will do a whole podcast and on the fact about God's love. But I think clearly, brother, you laid out the fact just within those few moments that not everyone is a son of God and not everyone is God is their father. And so for the rest of this podcast, I, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit. And I want to talk about, I want to talk about um, what is the image of God and what is the image of man and is man made after God's image and is he still made after God's image? So I will kind of give my over, overall answer right now, and then we'll study this out. So mm -hmm. I'll lay the background a little bit. I used to be dogmatically and say 
in scripturally, and I'll tell you why in a little bit, that no man is not made after the image of God anymore. He's made after the image of Adam, and, and that is true. But being that dogmatic, there was a couple verses that I had to deal with honestly and try to reconcile. I mean, and I believe I have came to that conclusion. That's a biblical conclusion. So here, here's my answer. Is man made after the image of God? Yes. Is man, when I say man, I'm talking about all mankind, still made after the image of God? My answer now is yes, sort of. <laughs> and uh, that's what I want to look. That's why I want to study out and exhaust and hopefully help you. Um, so why don't we we go back to the beginning? And I know some of this you already talked about. But Brother Brian, why don't you read, if you would, Genesis chapter 5. Um, or you want to start in Genesis 3. That's fine. You go. You can start in, or I'm sorry, in Genesis chapter 2. That's fine. Yeah, start in Genesis 2 there. And let's just talk about the pre-fall for a moment and the fact of how that man was made after the image of God. So why don't you just kind of lead us in that discussion um, about pre-fall. Okay, I have Genesis 1.26. I'm not good at alliteration like the pastor. So, But I have the plan of the image, Genesis 1.26, and God said, this is God talking amongst himself, <laughs> let us. Amen, amen. God, word there, Elohim, that's... Oh. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> Amen. No, it's, a, it's an important subject about let us, the yeah. plurality of God at the plurality very beginning. Of God. We'll talk about Trinity. that. The, yeah, the Trinity of the Godhead. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, etc. So that's the plan. Before Amen. he even made Adam, that's he's... Came yeah. up with that plan. That was God's plan. I like it. There's, your, that first, works. there's your first P. <laughs> right. Next verse, number 27. The plan of the image, the implement. He would say something that matches that. <laughs> so I have the creation of the image. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So that's when he actually did it. I don't know if you wanted me to read chapter 2. Where yeah, he forms yeah. man. Yeah, sure. Okay, Genesis 2, verse 6. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. All right, let me pause you there just for a moment. And then I, I, this is kind of going to not go with order of notes, and that's perfectly fine. Because um, I think this will take on a better order anyways. So we saw there God's plan. He said, let us make man after our image. Then you've seen him actually, I don't know what you called it. I forgot already, but he, he actually carries that out, That's right? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> that was good. But he actually carries out. He, he then makes man there. Before we discuss, you know, and go back and relook at that verse there when he actually makes man and that plan comes to pass, um, he said, let us make man after our image. Now, we see that in that verse there, how man is made after the, his image. But I, I think first, and most of our listeners know this already, but we have to understand what the image of God is. And so, um, Brother Brian, um, you want me to take or you can take it. What is the image of God? What would we say the image of God is? With, with just two, in verse general. 7? Yeah, yeah I'm, just, I'm just saying in general. If, if That's a God's tripart, right. tripartite, however you say it, nature, that God is a trinity. Yeah, absolutely. He's a body, a soul, and a spirit. 
Amen. And that's obviously we see that truth um, throughout the Bible. And again, this is what Brian alluded to, or you know, was uh, he mentioned, let us make man after our image. And from the very beginning, we see that uh, the plurality, right? Um, uh, God let us singular make man after our image. So what you have there, we know according to First John chapter five verse seven, for there are three yep. that bear record in heaven: the Father the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And therefore, you have the image of God there. It's three parts that make up one God. And uh, I'm not interested in uh, all those who want to criticize the semantics of it, and I said three parts versus three persons, or however, I'm not even interested in that discussion or debate. But what we see is there's three. There's three. You have the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Now, Comparing spiritual things with spiritual, we know the Word is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we don't know that just because I said it, but I think it's seven times in the New Testament or seven times in the Bible as a whole that the Word shows up capitalized, the mm. capital W-O-R-D. And I don't know if you saw that chart. Did you ever see that chart I did in the take the seven times the Word shows up and shows you the sevenfold like ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty powerful. Wow. And I'll share that sometime with you. But anyways, you, you see there in 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, mm -hmm. that the Word, right? It's the capital W. Well, you compare that with John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, I don't care what anyone says. The Bible is clear that the Word was not only with God, the Word is God, right? In the beginning was the Word, the Word is with God, and the Word is God. Um, so there's no doubt about that. The Word is God. Well, John 1.14 gives us some more information about the Word. And it's a capital W again. So, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, his glory of the only begotten of the Father. Was Jesus Christ. Right, yeah. Lord Jesus Christ, John 3.16. And you just compare spiritual things with spiritual. So most time when you ask people about the triune nature of God, they'll say the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, right? And and that's accurate. That's that's correct. The verses, first John five, seven, for the for three there's three that bear record in heaven, the Father and the Word. Well, we just took the Bible and defined who the Word was, the Word is Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. So that brings us back to Genesis, where God said, Let us make man in our image. And we see God is a triune being. He has three parts to him. Again, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And therefore, man has three parts to him. And Brother Brian, why don't you share that verse there on that's very clear about the triune nature of man and talk about that for a few minutes. Yeah, Genesis 2-7, which we read, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. So that's his body. He's mm -hmm. just a bunch of dirt. And breathe, there's your spirit, and it was life, and it was nostrils, it was a breath Amen. of life, and man became a living soul. Body, soul, spirit. Amen. First Tim, by the way, first John five seven is not in all the new Bibles. So right. Nothing major though. First Timothy three sixteen says, Great is the mystery of godliness. God yeah. was manifest in the flesh. Amen. Amen. There's the physical, earthly bodily appearance of God right. is in Jesus Christ. By the way, that verse is taken out of the New Bible. They changed God to he appeared in a body. 
based on one manuscript that has the line actually in it, but you can see over time the line disappeared that changes the theta and the Yoda subscript to a nomina sacra, whatever they call the abbreviation of right. the... That stuff's crazy. Uh, yeah, 1 Timothy 3.16, God is a soul, John 1.18. I'm not sure how much you want to get into this. I'll go for a few minutes. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, John 1.18 says, No man hath seen God at any time. And then Jesus Christ said, He that has seen me has seen the Father. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so we could, there's all kinds of no, stuff with I, Moses and but, Exodus but, yeah, and all that. Exactly, but, but I think you raise good points, brother. So what we see there is, as you read the Bible and you study the Bible, you start seeing God being revealed and how if we are to understand god we talked a little bit about this before we started recording but how the fact that um you want to know about the godhead that's what the, the word the bible uses the bible doesn't use the word trinity and i'm i'm not one of these people that someone says trinity they're a heretic or they're catholic yeah i think that's kind of ridiculous the bible doesn't Man. use the word bible the bible doesn't use the word rapture yep you know these are all words that Millennium. uh yeah the, these are all these are all words that we understand that teach a doctrine. So the biblical word is Godhead. The Godhead, though, is three parts. And, and to help you understand that, once you understand the image of man, you can help understand God more. Yeah. And so just like man, as Brother Brian said, is made up of a spirit. That's when God breathed into his nostrils breath life. Man also has a soul. Man became a living soul. And then, of course, he formed man with a touch of the ground. There's his body. So man has a spirit a soul and a body. By the way, a good reference for that is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, where yeah. Paul says, and the very God of peace sanctify you holy, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming Lord Jesus Christ. So again, the Bible is very clear that man has a spirit, man has a soul, and man has a body. Uh, I'll add to that in just a moment. But you know what's interesting? If you ask most people this, and I got this from uh, Watchman Nee, and I thought it was really good. If you ask most people that you say, what is the what is man? What's the triune makeup of man? Most people just naturally will say body, soul, and spirit. You know what that shows is our natural emphasis on the flesh. Ah, okay. The Bible order is spirit, soul, and body. The body's always last. Now, and again, this is just a little <laughs> side good. note, but I thought it was profound. That, that is. We have a, just a propensity. Carnal, selfish yeah, nature. It's yeah. all about us. All about us and our flesh. And our flesh is the only thing that it's only going to last yeah, a it's few a decades. Yeah. yeah, it's just a tabernacle covering. And put it off and get a new body. Right. So this doesn't matter, but that's what we think matters. Well, that's all we're we blinded. And, yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyways, but what we see there. So, with that said, you can you can really understand the nature and makeup of God. God, is, since we are made after the image of God, God too has a soul. You could say, like, and under our soul. No, go ahead. Just Leviticus twenty six eleven, and I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. So th that's a verse that it actually says where God says I have a soul. Yeah. And then John four twenty four, God is a spirit. Yeah. So I just want to give the verses on the Absolutely. three. Absolutely. No, that's but, perfect. But, that's wonderful <laughs> information there. So again, uh, God, the soul would be like the Father, and then you have obviously the body, which would Jesus Christ came in the flesh, in the flesh, and then the Holy Ghost is like the Spirit. So that's how we are made after the image of God. And and man is a tripart being. He's not a bipart being. He's not made up of two parts. He's not a single part being. He's a tripart being, just as God is a tripart being. And I understand, and Brother Brian knows this clearly, every type and picture always breaks down. So you can't take man in every aspect about man is true in regards to God. There's some things that are not going to follow through, but that's true in any types and pictures. But the fact is, 
the image of God is a tripart being. The image of man, man is made a, a tripart being, a spirit, a soul, and a body. And of course, Brother Brian, before the fall, these were all perfect. These were all sinless. So that's why we man, Adam, was made after the image of God. Um, before we move on with any, is there any just verses or thoughts you want to add on in regards to man's perfect nature, spirit, soul, body in the beginning, or anything else I might have left out in regards to that? I can't think of any. All right. Sounds so, good. Yeah. So we'll move on from there. And then and I'll just kind of set this up and, and turn over to you for a few moments to talk about what happened. But um, I'll read Genesis chapter 5. So we saw that, of course, um, I, I want to point this out. Genesis chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible says, this is the book of the generation of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him. Of course, it's not a period there. And so the sentence continues. It goes on verse two, male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. So I believe through all this study that both Adam and Eve were created after the image of God, a perfect spirit of perfect uh, soul and a perfect body. Of course, I'm going to let you pick up in verse 3, because that's talking about in the day they were created. That goes back to Genesis chapter 2, and uh, that you were explaining how when God originally created Adam, and then of course we know Eve comes along afterwards, uh, but they have that perfect spirit, perfect soul, and perfect body. But as you said, sin entered the world, they rebelled, they sinned, and then you get to verse 3. So I'll let you read Genesis 5.3, and then kind of expound as you see fit from there. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness, mm. not the likeness of God, like Genesis 5.1, right. when Adam before the fall, after his image, Adam's image, and called his name Seth. So man lost the image of God. Amen. To a certain degree, at least, right. <laughs> which we'll get into later. But, yeah. And man is no longer in the image of God. Man is no longer made after the likeness of God. Mm. All men, because of Adam, inherit Adam's sinful flesh, sinful spirit, sinful, we're cursed, we're going to die, or we have dead spirits, yeah. and that's what man inherited. Man lost the image of God. That's why Ephesians 2, you hath thee quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Jesus Christ had left the dead, bury their dead. Yeah, amen. Um, Before you go on there, just again, yeah. I know you know this, but just in case there's a newer Christian listener watching, those verses, when they're talking about dead... And we're talking about the image of man, spirit, soul, and body. What part of man is dead, Brother Brian? What would you think that's talking about there? Yeah, man has a dead spirit. Yeah, absolutely. And so I want everyone to understand that because obviously they're walking around, they're talking. It's not talking about their flesh. And their soul is who they are. Your soul is eternal. It's going to live somewhere. Right. So when it talks about being dead in trespasses and sin, and you who hath he quickened, what was quickened then? Their spirit was quickened. Yeah, absolutely. Such a man be born of water and of the spirit. Right. We have that, a dead spirit, and it becomes alive and just join with Jesus Christ when you get saved. Amen. Amen. So, so yeah, go on from there. So maybe, maybe just for a moment. So let's talk about this, and then you can go on wherever the Lord leads you in thought. So you just said that. So obviously, Adam and Eve sinned. God told them in the day, in the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. So did they die that day? They did not die. They lived 900 years plus in the flesh right in the flesh 
But did part of them die that day? Something died. Something died because Jesus said they would. God said they would. The lights came on. They saw they were naked. They made yeah. fig leaves. They hid from God. They lost communion. The earth was cursed. They're yeah. cursed. They're going to die. Their kids are inherit their sinful fallen image. So the spirit died. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Obviously, it's fair to say, logically, <laughs> and when you study this out, they did die that day spiritually. They went on to live another 900 some years physically. You know what I do find interesting, and some people find this as a stretch. We know that one day hmm. is, is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. So in that sense, prophetically speaking, they also died in that day physically too. That's true. So I just kind of need a little... Just short of one day, yeah. one thousand years, yeah. 930 or something he lived. So I mean, that that's pretty profound and pretty interesting. So anyways, we've came to the conclusion that their spirit died in the day they ate of. They, now their flesh is sinful. And their soul needs to be saved. Their soul needs to be redeemed, obviously. So um, that is the condition of mankind after the fall. And so that ties us back to Genesis 5, 3, where you read and started expounding before I interjected that now man is made after the image of Adam. So maybe just recap that. How? What does that mean in regards to the spirit, soul, and body? I know you said it, but to be a little bit redundant so everyone's following us, what does that mean? When a... When a person, when a child is born into this world, and if you want to talk about when their spirit actually dies, I think that's important. But how does that sinful nature of Adam now affect every man, woman, I guess, you know, boy and girl born into this world? How does that work? Romans 5.12 says, wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, Adam, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So we're all born sinners right. because of Adam. We're all made in Adam's image. You're, you're a sinner and you're going to die if the Lord tarries, and your dad and grandpa and great-grandpa, and going all the way back 6,000 years to Adam, your first daddy, your first grandpa, they're all sinners. They all die. That's why you must be born again. Amen. They have a dead spirit. And... Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. And that's why the Bible says, that, that's why the Bible says, for an atom, all die, right? And that's why we must be born again. And we know that, thank God, the last Adam showed up, right. who is the Lord Jesus Christ, who won victory over sin, death, and the grave. He was triumphant. He was victorious. And he offers now the new birth. And in regards to the new birth, you, you already mentioned this, and you can expound further. But what happens is when someone trusts Jesus Christ, when someone receives Jesus Christ, when someone gets saved, that spirit is quickened. It's made alive. Their soul is saved. A spiritual circumcision occurs, and their flesh is cut away from their soul and spirit, and they're sealed under the day of redemption. And the last thing we're waiting for is the redemption of our body. We need a new body. And so that image is going to be completely restored in the future. You'll have a perfect spirit, a perfect soul, and a perfect body again. And um, I think now I some... What's that, brother? I was just say, I found a verse on that. I know I yeah. lost my train of thought. No, no, but... you're fine. Um, <laughs> I'll say this, and then you can pick up there. I think this is part of what this verse is saying. And, and I understand the context. But Matthew chapter 18 says this in verse 11, for the son of man is to come, I'm sorry, is come to save that which was lost. For um, man is now made, uh, I'm sorry, read my notes. Man is now made after falling into him. But the point is for the son of man is come to save that 
which was lost. I believe that which was lost is the image of man. Man mm. lost that image. Now, I understand individually he's coming to seek and save, but that which was lost is the image of God. So go ahead. What was your what were your? It, it goes right along with that. First uh, Corinthians 15, 47, the first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image mm. of the earthy, Adam, yeah. we shall also bear the image of the heavenly, which is Jesus Christ. And look at Colossians 1.15, talking about Jesus Christ, who is the image yeah. of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Colossians 3.10. Yep, that's it. That's what I was trying to And have put on, this is anybody who's been saved, right. anybody who's born again. When you, uh, Adam lost the image. When you get saved, you get the image back. Our soul is saved. David. Our spirit's made alive, which right. died, is now made alive. We're just waiting for the redemption of the body. That's what Paul talks about, Romans 8. Amen. That's our hope. It's a future hope, not salvation. It's the salvation of our body. Our soul's already saved. And have put on the new man. There it is, the new which man. Which is renewed in knowledge after the image mm. of him that created him. That's good. So it's renewed. We got it all. And it says renewed in knowledge. And I find that very important because if you understand, you study out, and we're not going to get in a lot of details about this, but the spirit and, and what the spirit does. The Bible talks in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 mm. that the yep. man knows the things of man because of the spirit that's in him, right? And then we can know the things of God because we have the spirit of God in us. That's the teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So the spirit that was dead is made alive. We put on the new man, and now we're renewed in knowledge after the image of him mm. that created him. So you're getting that renewed image. And again, as we stated, the last thing to happen, what we need is the redemption of our body, and then we will be back into that original state like Adam was in the fact he had a perfect body, a perfect soul, and a perfect spirit. Um, so I think that will help us understand this subject about the image of God, the image of man, and how the reason for the new birth. Well, a, a good verse on that is showing the future part. Our soul is saved. Our spirit is made alive. Mm -hmm. We're joined Jesus Christ. We're seated in heavenly places. We're baptized into his body spiritually, literally, but spiritually. But we're waiting for the body. First John 3, verse 2 says, Beloved, yeah. now are we the sons of God. Just like John 1, 12. As it. many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. So we're the sons of God. First Amen. John 3, 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God but yeah. it doth not yet appear. So we can't see it yet. Right. You look like, like if it. I didn't know you personally, I don't know if you're saved laws, you don't look any different. Right. You know, I know you can dress different or have sure, a smile sure. and all that, but besides that, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know yeah. that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. That's it. For we shall see him as he is. And there's a bunch of other verses about having a body just like Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's when the transformation is complete, but we're already saved. Our soul will live forever. If you're lost, your soul will live forever too, just in a place called hell. Yeah. And I know I mentioned this before, but I think it's super neat. And what shall profit a man if he gain the whole world, lose his own soul. But in Luke nine twenty five, I believe it is. It says, what shall profit, what shall a man be advantage if he gain the world and lose himself? Hmm. He switches. Matthew, Mark say soul. Luke, same passage, same author, says himself. That's you good. are your soul. That's your right. soul is the real you. That's right. So the JW said, see, it's just annihilation. Or see, uh, he shall leave them neither root nor branch and burn them up. Malachi 4, the day 
That's their physical bodies. Your body goes in the ground. You can get blown up by a nuclear bomb. You get eaten by worms. You can get cremated and scattered in the sea. Your soul is the real you. That's what lives forever. That's what's lost. That's what needs saved. And your spirit is dead and your flesh is going to die either way. Hopefully not for those of us who are alive. Our hope is that we get raptured and we don't die, but we'll get a new body if you're saved and it's all good. Yeah, and there's so many other verses on that. I think Genesis, maybe 35, somewhere in there. But when, yep. when yeah. Rachel travailed in hard labor, for her soul wasn't departing, for she died, right? So, yeah, she was gathering under her people, yeah. but physically she wasn't for... Exactly. So the soul, when it departs the body, is when you die. You also see there in the book of Revelations, those that were mm. martyred, the souls under the altar. We got a little bit in them Uh-oh. tonight. We won't talk about that today. Do it. Do it. Uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. You go back and listen to Lighthouse Baptist Church on Wednesday night teaching on Revelation chapter 7. But the point is, the souls, they were given white robes, yeah. so they had a bodily shape. Yep. They were conscious. They were talking. And uh, so your soul is who you are. And your, your body, the Bible talks about, is just the tabernacle. It's just the covering. And the spirit is what gives life and understanding and knowledge. And so let's kind of That's kind good. of recap this and then move forward to try to wrap this up and, and the idea to answer this question. And again, the question and what we're talking about, was man made after the image of God? Absolutely. We saw that. We I believe that's conclusive. Man is a perfect spirit, soul, and body when God created him in Genesis chapter 2, 6, and 7. Again, God formed man from the dust of the ground. There's his body. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. There's the spirit. Inspiration. Inspiration. And man became a living soul. There's the soul of man. There's the three parts of man in Genesis 2, 7. That fulfills let us... Make man after our image. Again, the three parts there. And then what happened is they rebelled. They sinned. And God told them in the day you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. They ate. They sinned. They rebelled. Their spirit died that day. Now their flesh is corrupted, and they physically die later. And um, obviously their soul needed to be saved, needed to be redeemed. And so that's what happened to man after the garden. Of course, so when you come to Genesis 5, 3, when Adam bears a son after his image, after his likeness, this is no longer the perfect image of God, but now it's a fallen state, and now man is born with a dead spirit. And, and I kind of allude to this a little bit, um, but we know, we've talked about this, I believe, on the podcast, although man has that sinful nature, the spirit of that child actually doesn't die to the knowledge of the law comes, the knowledge of good and evil. So yes, they're born with that sinful nature, but God does not impute unto them that sin until they have the knowledge of good and evil, like Adam and Eve. And then when that happens, when that knowledge comes, their spirit dies, and now they can be saved because they have a dead spirit and and obviously a soul that needs to be saved and a body that needs to be redeemed. All right, so without a doubt, man was originally created after the image of God. After the fall, he's now created after the fallen image of Adam. Hmm. But three verses we'll read and we'll talk about, and it'll kind of go full circle in regards to what I said at the beginning. And I said, was man made after the image of God? Yes. Is man still made after the image of God? Yes, sort of. (laughs) And what I meant by that is the sort of is because now it's in a fallen state. But James chapter 3, verse 9 says this, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. So there it's called the similitude. It's similar. Mm. And I believe it uses that language because it's no longer perfect. It's no longer made after the perfect image of God. It's just a similitude. 
because now it needs to be restored, right? Right. Perfect. Still a trinity. Yeah, still a trinity. So that will help us reconcile these two verses, and I I believe come to a more biblical balance on this subject. And Brother Brian, uh, I've done a lot of talking here, so I'll let you read. Why don't you read Genesis 9-6 in just a moment, and I'll read 1 Corinthians 11, and then we'll kind of discuss this. But I believe this is important for every Christian, especially Bible believers. Sometimes we become so dogmatic on a subject, we'll ignore clear passages that deal with something that doesn't really fit our lingo, our language, or our stance. And you better be careful about that. Y'all always should have a a heart that's willing to say, yeah, you know what, I wasn't saying that 100% correctly, and there's a better way to explain this. And this is what happened to me when I came across these verses, um, because I was always staunch. No, man is not made after the image of God. Now now he's made after the image of Adam. Then I saw a couple of these verses, and I said, well, I need to refine how I say that, because these verses challenge that very dogmatic language, right? So why don't... I'll read mine first, then you read yours, and then I'll give you a few minutes to kind of just talk about it and explain it, and then we'll go from there. But these two passages, I think, challenge that idea to say man is no longer made after the image of God whatsoever. Uh, the first one is 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 7. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of God. Of the man. Now, I do find that interesting that it doesn't say the woman is the image and glory of man, but simply the woman is the glory of the man. You know, really, Brother Brian, this is going to grate a lot of people's nerves. It shouldn't be women's lib, it should be men's lib. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, because, because you know, it's all garden? about the glory of, of the woman, glory of the woman. Oh. No, the woman's the glory of the man. Yeah. And that was her purpose. We need to start that. We need to start that man, <laughs> man's lip. No, just anyways, uh, just joking. And some people are going to take that run with it. But the point is this. Let's get back to the subject at hand. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and glory of God. That is talking, obviously, to save Christians. And some people will say, yeah, it's simply because they're saved. I, I understand the context. And to the context, I say that is true. But I, I still say... In the general sense, a woman still is the glory of a man. And I'd say in the general sense, man is still the image and glory of God, obviously just in a fallen state. So I think that is one verse that challenges the idea. Now, again, I do understand you can say, well, this is Paul dealing with the Christians. This is Paul writing to those that are saved. And I I get that argument. But there's another verse that really challenges it that's not written to Mm. the saved. This is written to all mankind. And that's Brother Brian's verse in Genesis 9, 6. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. And so I think, uh, obviously, I understand that speaking of Adam and the image of God made he man. But I think it still bears the truth that when you shed the blood of a man, it's a grievous sin because man was made in the image of God. And I believe, just as James said, we still bear that similitude. All of mankind does. And this is why killing, murdering, I should say, is such a grievous sin because man was made after the image of God. You take that coupled with 1 Corinthians 11 and that coupled with James, where it says man's made after the similitude of God. That's why I say, was man made after the image of God? Yes. Is man made after the image of God? Yes. Sort of. (laughs) And that sort of, because he's fallen. You want to add or kind of go on from there or some other thoughts? Um, 
pretty much agreeing with what you're saying. Yeah, obviously, man lost the image. That's right? crystal clear in the Bible, which is why he said, and I, I had the same experience. I was so dogmatic on it. Man definitely lost the image. Jesus Christ is the image of God. You get that image back. Amen. You're made in God's image. You get a body like Jesus Christ. If you're saved, you have to receive him. But then those verses are in there. Right. Uh, I always struggled with those James after the similitude of God. And I never even noticed the Genesis 9, 6 one in relation to this. But those images are in there, which create a problem. So it must mean what he's saying, that man lost the image. They were made in God's image, and then man lost it. And now we're not in God's image, but we kind of are in God's image in a certain way. Right. And it's in a less a similitude, similar, not the same, where it exactly. was the same. It right. will be the same in the future. David. If you're saved, you get a body just like him. It will be the same. But it's some kind of fallen, it's a fallen condition. It's a, we still have a body, soul, spirit. Right. We still can become, be in the image Amen. of God. Amen. So maybe that's part of it too, which sure. would probably go against Calvinism. Every man has a potential to be saved because right. Jesus Christ died for everyone. So it could be something like that. But yeah, we're made in God's image. We were made in God's image. We lost the image, but we still kind of are in the image of God. But it's a fallen lust. Yeah. And I think that's very consistent with the rest of the Bible. Now, again, I understand, again, the context. But I I like to use this as an illustration when God sends Jeremiah down to the potter's house. In Jeremiah 18.4, it says there, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. Right? Now, I love the language of the Bible. Now, we know this vessel that was marred, obviously nation of Israel, picture of mankind. This is what Jeremiah is seeing. He's seeing this object lesson that God wants Jeremiah to see. And this vessel was marred. This clay was marred in the hand of the potter. But the Bible says, so he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. And that is mankind, right? Hmm. Mankind was uh, on the potter. He was a wheel. He was clay, but he was marred. Well, God doesn't throw out that substance and just, you know, do something else. No, he takes that clay and he makes it again. It seems good unto him. And that is a picture, at least, and type of salvation. Mankind was perfect, but then mankind became marred. And now it needs to be remade again, needs to be born again. So I believe that image of man was marred and it needs to be made again. It needs to be, you need to be born again. And then it seemed, then it's good unto God. It seems good unto him. Um, What is interesting about that is I emphasize the language there is because we know the Lord Jesus Christ was marred more than any other. He's marred for you and I. And so he becomes marred for the clay. Thank God for that. He took our place so we could seem good unto him. But you must be born again. So just to kind of finalize and recap, and I'll, I'll let Brother Brian close out again with any last thoughts, any any you know verses or anything that's on his heart about this subject. But just to be crystal clear, I believe, and Brother Brian believes, um, according to the Bible, that man was made after the image of God. That's a perfect spirit, a perfect soul, a perfect body. And he put them in the garden that way, both Adam and Eve. And uh, we know that God gave them the command not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They rebelled, they sinned. And in that day, their spirit died. Some 900 some years later, their flesh died. Uh, But after the fall, Adam bore a son. His name was Seth. And he bore him after his image, after his likeness. And now all of mankind is born with a marred, fallen image of God. It's a dead spirit, a sinful flesh, 
and a soul that needs to be saved. And praise be to God, once one gets saved, once one gets born again, that spirit is quickened, it's made Amen. alive, that soul is saved, you're, you're spiritually circumcised, you're protected from yourself, you're sealed under the day <laughs> of redemption. Good. Thank God, because I'm my worst I need enemy. That. Yes. Yeah, amen. <laughs> and one day, brethren, we're going to get a new body, and one day we will have that perfect image back. And that's because of the last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. But uh, that, that's my conclusion. So, yes, man was made after the image of God, and yes, man did lose it somewhat. So, in some sense, man is still bears the image of God. It's just a marred image. It's now the similitude. It's no longer the perfect image of God. So, Brother Brian, that's what I have. I hope this podcast is a blessing to all. I think if folks would study out what we're saying, there's so much doctrinal truth that intertwined to this and leads to other studies, other subjects. But I, I believe it's an important subject. And uh, give you the final words and let you close out the podcast also. Amen. So Genesis 5, this is the book of the generations. That term occurs two times in your Bible, yeah. Genesis 5 and Matthew 1. And the differences are beautiful this and glaring good. and this obvious. Is <laughs> this is the book of the generations of Adam and the day that God created man. Look at verse 5. All the days of Adam lived were 930 years and he died. Yeah. And then Seth lived 105 years, begat Enos. And verse 8, he died. And then verse 11, he died. And then yeah. verse... 14, he, he died, Canaan died. But every and then verses. Every man. word, died, 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 died. What's that? That's as an Adam, all die. Amen. You go to Matthew 1, the only other time it occurs, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, Isaac begat Jacob, Judas begat Pharaoh. Nope, doesn't say anybody died. That's good. We know they died, right? but it doesn't say they died. What a profound truth. There, as brother. an Adam, all die, even so in Jesus Christ, you'll all be made alive. And something mm. else... Very interesting. It was a couple of verses before uh, like John eleven twenty five. Jesus Christ said, um, "I am the resurrection and life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never see death." Mm. And then five twenty four, he says, "He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath present tense yeah. everlasting life. My spirit saved, my soul saved. I'm just waiting for my body to catch up, and that will happen. That's the only future aspect of our salvation." That's it the tripartite beings yeah. that we are, body, soul, spirit. But another interesting thing, he doesn't say anything about any, I don't believe so. I think I've heard Dr. Ruckman say this and I've never found a verse. It mentions the sins of Balaam in the New Testament from the Old Testament, of course. It mentions the sins of Jezebel in Revelation 2. It mentions the sins in, in the book of Jude and 2 Peter 2 of some of the Old Testament people. I don't recall anybody's sins. We all know they sinned in the Old right. Testament, but anybody who's saved, it doesn't mention any of their sins. The New Testament has a magical way of kind of covering up and glossing over these sins of the Old Testament saints because they are now sons of God. Amen. They are now out of Abraham's bosom and into heaven. Right. They are, their salvation wasn't complete in the Old Testament. That's your whole gets into dispensational stuff and all that. But yes, to wrap up the podcast, man is not in the image of God fully as they were in Adam right. and Eve. Mankind as a whole is not God's children. They are children of the devil. That's why they must be born again. Amen. Anybody who's ever been born again is a son of God. Yes. They are God's child. No matter what they do, no matter what they don't do, if they've been born again, if they believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're God's children. Amen, brother. And we're all brothers and sisters of those who are saved Amen. and who have ever been saved. But God is not the lost people's father. That's right. why they must be born again. And we're not all brothers and sisters. So... Yeah, and uh, I, I just want to interject because I think that's so good. And then you get the last 
uh, 30 seconds, just a, whatever you want to say. But <laughs> again, if you picked up what Brother Brian said twice in there, talks about the book of the generations. One's an Adam, and they died, and he died, and he died, and he died. About every three verses. I find it profound because obviously five is the number of death. It's the obituary chapter. But there's not one sin mentioned in Genesis 5. What's interesting about that, we just know the wages of sin is death. Therefore, we understand that all these men were sinners. That's why they died. But when you read there, um, what chapter was that, brother? Matthew 1. Yeah, Matthew 1, about the generation of Jesus Christ. Nobody dies there. So the question is, which one are you in? Are you in Adam or are you in Jesus Christ? And boy, what a profound truth there. So, um, Brother Brian, why don't you uh, close out the podcast just with the last word and praise the Lord for it. Amen. It is good to be saved. Cheer up. The Lord's coming quickly. Amen. And if not, for me to live with Christ, to die is gain, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. We just pray that you enjoy the podcast, that you love Jesus Christ, that you serve him, that you look for opportunities to witness, for worthy is the lamb. Get in your Bibles and it's good to be saved. Praise the Lord. Get in a good Bible-believing church. Praise the Lord. Have a great day. The key to understand the Word of God is for the author to show you what the thing says. If you understand that book, you get for the author. Then he opened their understanding.